Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. But I really like her. She's kind of like, this is what's going on. So I get this, do this. When you start breastfeeding, put cabbage on your nipples. And I was like, great. She's, she's like, she's like half old school, half just like, listen, I don't care what you do. She's coming out April 10th. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Y'all, I don't know why, but every time I go to record the intro outro, I like choke. Like this is like uh, the fourth or fifth recording. The last time, last few times, it was because of um, noise in the background. I live in New York City. I just got to roll with it. It's I we record remotely. It's just gonna fucking happen. I don't have a studio recording. Unforge. That's just not who I am right now. Um, but then I went like the last one. I went on a tangent that I was like, okay, this is very unnecessary. Uh, let's mm, cut it. But I don't know why. There's a lot of pressure. Um, I'm just being real with you. Um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this episode. I hope you're having a great week, a great day. If not, don't worry. You know, shit happens. Sometimes we have bad days. And for bad days, I'm always like, just feel the feels and then sleep and then you'll feel better the next day. And it's pretty, it's pretty foolproof. Uh, <laughs> someone's like, no, absolutely not, Ellie. Shut the fuck up. And you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. This episode is really, again, really fun, really interesting. I, our, my guest today is Casey Bolsham, who's a hilarious comedian. And I actually met her through Fringe Festival. So we both had our venues at this, our venues, our show at the same venue, but in different spots, which doesn't make, like, doesn't make sense unless you've, like, been to Fringe. Um, and months before, the venue was, like, doing these um, interviews, like, Instagram interviews, and they paired us together, and that's how we met. Um, and then, like, uh, saw each other a few times at Fringe as well. And so we do talk about Fringe. We talk about Fringe, I think, a little bit more than I normally do on the podcast. Um, and, yeah, if you're interested in doing the Fringe, I think it's a good um, little combo. The Fringe is just a lot. Like, there's – you lose a shit ton of money. I'll put that out there immediately. You lose a buttload of money. Um, unless you're, like – selling out every day. Um, you're going, you're just losing money. You're just, and I went into that knowing that, but I now like six, seven months removed. Cause at first you're like, what just happened? It's such a, a whirlwind. It's such a clusterfuck. It's such a roller coaster of emotions. You're so mentally, physically, uh, emotionally exhausted that the first month or two afterwards, you're like, what just happened? And it was also mine and Aaron's first month of marriage. Like literally we got married, uh, three days later we were in France and then like five days later we were in Scotland for a month. Um, and that was also a lot of lessons learned as well, like, uh, with the show and like with my relationship and like how to communicate. Um, long story short, communication key y'all. Anywho, now being so removed from it, I'm like, holy shit. So worth it. So much was learned um, and like shaped me. And we go into that, me and Casey, and we also have very different experiences as well. And you'll see why very soon. Um, and that's not all that we talk about in this episode. We also talk about, um, 
Casey's pregnant. Um, and actually, the day that this episode comes out is her due date, though she's probably going to give birth before. But like, holy shit, like what if she comes out on her due date? And um, it's a big part of the episode. Obviously, we talk a lot about pregnancy and we talk a lot about infertility because Casey, um, it took her about five years uh, to get um, pregnant uh, through IVF. So we go very in-depth to IVF. We go very in-depth into infertility. And I think it's a very interesting conversation and very like knowledgeable. Like I learned so much, especially as like me and Aaron are going to start trying the next couple months, which is also wild. Like it's April. Uh, we're going to start trying in like July, August. Like it's right down the road. Uh, very surreal and who knows? But it's also like you do something not to ever compare the fringe to like pregnancy or anything like that. But after you do something that's like so wild and and such a roller coaster, it kind of just like calms you a little bit to be like, okay, this feels doable. I don't know. It's so weird. And we go more into that in the episode. But I think you're going to really like it. And I think it's just like um, a good, fun episode. And then, yeah, Casey is a fucking hilarious comedian. Uh, obviously she's going to take a, a couple months breaks. And, uh, if, after that, you know, check her out in New York city, if you're around and please follow her, uh, please follow Casey Balsham on all the socials at case K A S E face case face B. Um, so case K A S E F A C E B. I feel like I just like plowed through that. And when I get excited, I start talking way more passionately and way quicker. Um, and I'll see y'all on the other side. You are now two and a half weeks three weeks away from from like yeah. the official due date yeah wow yeah i am 37 and a half weeks pregnant so it's truly it really is any day and like and it was almost yesterday so i know i can't <laughs> so believe very that. close to baby yes i do have to ask though what was it like being pregnant in a different country for a month during a travel Ugh. break I fucking okay. Well, I I don't I don't know if me and you had talked about this because like I've definitely I have been very vocal about my dislike of the fr- of fringe, mm-hmm. uh, which is of course where we where I met you, um, or before when we did the podcast. I I don't know if if it was the pre- like because obviously I was doing a show about infertility, and then I find out five days into being there for a month that I am pregnant. Um, and so that was just kind of a trip as well to then have mm-hmm. to get on stage every night and kind of like relive this story um, and sometimes relive it for only six people. It was just, there was a lot of emotions happening. I was very tired. I was starting to get very nauseous. There was a trash strike. So the entire town smelled and there was just like so many people and my venue kind of smelled fun. like, I, I don't know if I was if I didn't like it because I was pregnant or if I didn't like it because it wasn't what I expected, you know, Mm, like mm -hmm. I expected going there to at least have audiences. And it just was like without the app and without spending $10,000 on the the great PR person or without doing like two hours of flyering myself every day that I just wasn't prepared to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so it was, I had, I was very miserable Mm-hmm. for a lot of it. I'd have these moments where I was like, oh my God, Scotland is so beautiful. Like, I can't believe I'm miserable, but it was just, you know, it's so crowded. There's so many people. There was orange soda everywhere. Like it was just like that fucking iron brew, which by the way, I had heard from a guy, a Scottish guy the other day that there's like a whole thing with that. 
because he's like, did you like it? And I was like, it tasted like bubble gum and medicine. Like it was disgusting. And he's like, it's a whole thing. They just changed the recipe. It's the super secret thing. And they changed it for you. And everybody's pit. Like, so apparently we didn't get the real deal stuff. And everybody in Scotland is pissed. Okay. That is just a little backstory of, of Iron Brew. But I was, um, I had moments where I was very like happy to be there. And then I had a lot of moments where I was like, man, I am having this experience and I am making the show better, but I am not having a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I just wanted to be home. You know, I was like newly pregnant after five years. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen my husband. Like it was just, it was a, uh, it was a lot to be there early on in a pregnancy, not able to see my doctor, which I, yeah. I, I thought I'd actually freak out more about that. Um, but the place where I had, cause I had to go find blood where I had to go get my blood drawn twice in Scotland oh trying to figure out that. Um, but the place I got my blood drawn was like in this like very cute, uh, like scenic. So it was kind of like, I'd take this walk and be like, Oh, okay. This is, this is not so bad, but yeah. Like not being able to see my doctor, not being able to like hear a heartbeat, just kind of like seeing a stick that said I was pregnant and then the blood work came back good. But it was, it was like, there was so many emotions. I can't even imagine like I oh many <laughs> the, like I could just it's already like now we're like what we're like eight months removed right after it I was like what the fuck was that like what was the fuck did I just do yeah I and, just I, like, and I can't I even, no go on I was just say I came home and my husband was actually out of town when I came home and I came home and I walked in my door and I just started sobbing <laughs> I was just like I sat down in the shower and I was like I was like so thankful to be home, but also just like processing what all of it was. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, literally, I couldn't even unpack my suitcase for like, I was like, I don't want to look at any of this shit. I had to throw away a bunch of like the things that I, that I like the perfume I bought. Cause I I couldn't even smell. I was really sensitive to smells at the beginning of my pregnancy and everything that reminded Mm -hmm. me of Scotland would make me throw up. I was getting physically sick. bizarre yeah oh my god yeah we were at the end you're so homesick like and I remember mm-hmm. we just got home and it was just like because that was so it was mine and Aaron's first month of marriage and like that's right you were coming right off of your honeymoon and like we've been together like almost eight years like eight years next month like we have we have traveled a lot but we've never been like that yeah. far away from home for that long together yeah. and then also yeah. the pricing was so disgusting to find flats that it was me my husband and then so Melissa and Carolina and then for like two and a half weeks in a one bedroom flat because it was that's, the only thing we could I could find that we could afford that's and, a lot oh yeah so we all I think we all had breakdowns on our own and then I remember being like <laughs> afterwards being like do we need to like go into couples therapy like I don't know mm-hmm. how to handle this because like my show has to come first right now, but I can clearly see like you are, you know, homesick and upset. And obviously yeah. now like eight months, you know, we have way more good memories than bad memories. And I think yeah. Melissa Rich said this, but it was like after that, whatever that was, everything feels doable now. It's like, oh, you're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Because I just did that for a whole fucking month. Because but- it also takes a lot to get like the prep to set all that to mm-hmm. like find a place, find the venue get all the promotion like the the prep to just do the festival I will say I was proud of myself for just following through Mm -hmm. it was a bucket list thing I said I would love to do this and I did it Mm -hmm. and I didn't love it but Mm -hmm. I also feel like it does I I I am that person because I I really do talk myself out of some things being like I don't want to 
fucking do all this shit. But like after doing all these things that you have to do to for the festival, you're right. Like everything you're kind of like, oh, I can I can do things now after, mm-hmm. after the, the ordeal and all the stuff that you need to 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 do that and go away for a month and be yeah. That 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 that's that's the that's a good way to say it. It was like what? Like if you didn't have a PR te- or not pre- a PR team, like a pro- uh, production team, it was like eight months, nine months of prep. There was like, a lot. And I, and I started late too. I started in like maybe February. Oh yeah. Uh, for August. And that was late. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I had applied to all my places, I think by October, by October, yeah. November. Yeah. I, had, I started very late. I had someone reach out to me. I want to say March. And she was like, Hey, I'm interested like this March. And I was like, girl, like you needed it last year yeah. yeah like you were I don't know what's left but she also had like said our venue like the venue that we went to and I was like don't because no. smell and we were in different locations too we were in different buildings and they smelled mm-hmm. and then get really and sticky and like oh my god it was it crazy. was it was just yeah and like mine was like literally in an alleyway that my poster was facing 11 trash cans that I paid 300 pounds for. I remember yelling at the guy being like, you could have been so much more transparent. Like, I can't believe I spent money on this. He's like, he's like in our defense, we haven't done this in three, three years. And there was no trash can three years ago. I was like, but it was always an alley, right? It was always, an alley. It was always, it was always an alley where nobody would see it. I was so, I just, and you know, the other guy that like ran the venue, like lost his mind or something. So then it was just one guy running like yes. venues. It just, it was, and it's so funny because me and, you know, I was living with Anthony DeVito and we had very different, uh, like he had really great PR. He had a really great, he had, he had all this stuff. So his shows were full every night, like Amazing. packed, but he still, but still a full audience there s- could still suck. Like he was still like, they don't understand. Like, yeah, it was like, we both had like similar experiences, but I was performing for six people and he was performing for 60, but mm-hmm. we both were kind of like, not worth it. Like it was just, it was. It was, um, I said, it was just, it was such an interesting <laughs> experience. And I think yeah. we did, ca- I think we caught it on a bad year though. I think mm-hmm. this first year back was like, was, was kind of like a shit show. Also, I don't know if you felt this, but it was like the minute I got there before the shows even started, I like looked around and kind of saw, and I was like, oh, I'm already behind. Do you know? Like I was mm. like, it, like when you see all the po- you're like, oh, all the, all these people have either done it a ton, they're established in the UK, they clearly have a, a huge production team and produce. Like it just, I, I was like feeling just having this like little show. It just felt like I was like, oh, this is I'm 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 already so far behind mm-hmm. all these other shows that it just it was I I kind of knew on day one that I wasn't going to be what I thought. I remember. Um... Uh, what, what happened that what you just said reminded me of something. Um, oh my God. Why did I just lose it? Like seeing all the oh, posters. Yeah. No, it was, you have to be UK. Like, like the UK needs to know who you are. If you, they mm-hmm. know who you are, you are being, you're fine. If you don't mm-hmm. know, they don't know who you are. You have to be out there. Cause I remember someone was like, yeah, you just go and fly her an hour before. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like we were out there. I would go out for like in the afternoon from like, well, like one to three or like two to four then get food and then do it another two or four hours and it does what sucks is it did work but you are so physically exhausted and no one ever told you that I feel like 
they're like, yeah, you're gonna be mentally exhausted. You're gonna be emotionally exhausted. But no one told me like how many hills there were or like how much walking you were doing. So much there's where we stayed was at the bottom of kind of like this hill. So every time I would, so when I was like exhausted at the beginning of my pregnancy, feeling sick, I would just be lying in bed thinking, oh, I gotta walk up the hill. And it was just so like, and at first I like put on my book and like at the beginning I was kind of like, okay. And then towards the end, I was like, I don't want to walk up that fucking hill right now. Like I cannot, Mm -hmm. I was so, I was so just, I, yeah, I was so over it, but you know, I think now, I think you're right. I think having some space, I can kind of think about some of the better parts of it, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely, and again, like doing this emotional show about trying to get pregnant while like feeling emotionally, like just, just so many things because I was pregnant and still having this fear of like, you know, you, you, you just, when you go through it for so long and fertility, like even when you do get the positive, like Mm -hmm. even though I had never had a positive before, you still have this like fear ripping through you that like, even now two and a half weeks, I still have this like a a fear that something is going to happen. So that was also like, just, I think I was trying to push that to the back of my mind. I was trying to be like as excited as I can. Cause I'm like, Hey man, I've never even been this pregnant. I've never even been positive pregnancy test pregnant, like never. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to be like, let me just be in it and present. But like, there was so much happening. And then, and and then hills and and then it stunk. Like I really cannot. (laughs) It smelled like trash. It smelled like trash. And like, we really were screwed. There was a trash strike the whole time. Like I'm pretty sure. The rail strike. The rail strike. Hey, it stinks and it can't go anywhere. And I remember I was reading all afterwards and it was like, it was 25% less people coming than normal. Um, rail prices, strikes. Even at the restaurants, every, all the prices were raised mm-hmm. everywhere in Scotland mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just a major loss. Like I remember people, I remember someone was like, oh, we're going to make money. Right. And I was like, no, like I've already no. put so much money into this already. Like I, there's no way I'm hitting, uh, even just like breaking even. No. Um, but like the hardest part too was like, which I just can't imagine being pregnant and dealing with this, but you were also watching so many artists live out their worst days. Like <laughs> I remember yeah. I was flyering. I was flyering where like gilded balloon and like assembly was. Cause there was always a lot of people there. And I see this girl dressed up as an alien crying. And I'm like, <laughs> she's trying to flyer and it gets worse. It gets worse. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? So I go up and I'm like, I don't know her. And I was like, Hey, are you okay? And then I realized these two fucking little cunts of boys, like maybe 12 years old, are literally harassing her and like won't leave her alone. And so finally I start harassing the boys. So my yeah, my um my poster has me holding a dildo. And I was like, yeah. Oh, you want to be dicks? Okay, go see my show about sex. Like, come see this show about sex. Like, I'm literally screaming sex at like 12-year-old boys. Good. And yeah. They're like making this poor girl cry. And I was just like, what can I do? And she was like, nothing. I just I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I literally just like was like kind of circling around her to make sure they didn't like come back. And I was like, what is this place? I had it, one. It, it's oh, so, on. it, it, no, it, it, it's 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 so funny. You look around, and you're like, what do we all what have we all put ourselves through? Because it's also so many of these shows are so about trauma that it's like you just walk yeah. around and people people are being like, I was molested. My dad died. I have ADD. I can't have a baby. I have cancer. And you're just like, I am emotionally exhausted. Oh, it's so weird. One time it was like a, a rough day and I'm flying and it's a group. I'd always say something like, oh my God, you guys seem really cool. Like, I think you'd like my show. Um, Not really like caring, like what, like I just said that to everyone and it honestly worked. And so I did this to a group 
And this guy, it was like four girls and this dude. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, stop messing with us. And he took my flyer and like wrote on it and like, like, it, like defaced it. And I literally was just like, what are you, why, what did you just fucking do? And he What's was like, I, here? he was like, I just can't do this. Like, I'm so sick of people coming up to me. And I was like, do you understand where you are at? Like you were at the literal fringe festival to go see shows and people are trying to get you like in your shows. And he had Sam Morrison's um poster or flyer. And I was just like, well, look, if you're not coming to my show, you should go to that show because it's good. And then I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I don't want him at that show. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not going to get it. Yeah. But I, and I was just like, I like broke down. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? It's a weird boot camp. I feel, it really is. You have you to have stronger. I, I, at the time, I don't think I did. Cause there was like, it wasn't mm-hmm. until the, yeah, the end of the run where like, you know, you're handing out your flyers and then you walk like a block and you just see your face on the ground everywhere. Like <laughs> of people that just look, people that just looked at your story and went not for fucking me. I actually like, cause it, it is a hard sell to, for people to walk by to be like, Hey, I can't have a baby. Want to hear a show about it? <laughs> and people are like, Ooh. And I'm like, no, no, I promise you there's jokes. But like, literally sometimes people would be like, that sounds like one woman goes, Oh, that sounds so boring. And I was just like, you said like, it to thanks. my to my face to my face to my face. Um, so I'd say at the beginning I was just a little, but but then but then I was just so physically exhausted by the end. Yeah. I didn't fly. I was like I could give a fuck. Like it, it, I'm just gonna go out the rest of this run. Like I'm just I'm not even. I like I think I stopped trying. And then my last show, mm-hmm. and I left a day early. My last show was like full and I was like, oh, this might have been a different experience had I had this the whole time, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and I was just and, you know, I kind of left being like, it's not that bad. And then immediately when I got home, I was like, it was that bad. <laughs> like I said, just sobbed and then threw away half the shit that I brought with me because I couldn't even stand to look at it or smell it. <laughs> I Oh, my God. I left like every poster because they were like buy 10,000 posters. I used maybe 2000. I was so mad. I, about yelled, I yelled at him, too. He goes, at least. I go, I go, that is so not, I go, I had 50 pounds, I had pounds, I had so many flyers left over that it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. I was like, and he goes, well, okay, thanks for actually the feedback there. Because I was just like, this is bullshit about what you tell people, this is bullshit. And he's like, okay, well, we're trying to, I was like, you don't need this many. Yeah. Like he was still calling me towards the end of room being like, you still have a box of flyers here. I was like, burn it. Like, I'm not coming for it. I don't fucking want it. I'm pregnant. I can't carry a 50 pound box of flyers. So heavy. Like I, oh my God, they were so freaking heavy. We had to get them up three flights of stairs or freaking flat. And I was like, ours too. Please, like, please let me go through them. And that didn't happen. I just threw them right there with the bins, like at the end being like, I don't give a shit. Like I just go away. Cause they were like, we'll recycle them for you. And I was like, I cannot physically get these to you. You have one spot. No, sorry. I cannot recycle these. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. No, the first two months. And what's also really hard <laughs> is like, they, everyone wants to ask you about it. Like for the first two months you're back and you're like, I cannot talk about it like anymore. Yeah. Like I got, it's got to go away for a second. But then we hit like, for me, it was like six months uh, like separated that I was like, oh shit. Like I feel stronger. I'm not afraid of small crowds anymore. I'm not afraid of like dicky people anymore. I was like, I guess it was worth it. And it was cool. Like I got to really see like, refall in love with my show that I hadn't yeah. felt in a long time but it is like That's even great. a full crowd you don't know what you're gonna get like we had like two I think I told you this we had two young girls um and it was like a good size we were like half full it's a good size crowd uh they were from University of Edinburgh it's like student newspaper gave me a half star because it was not oh yeah enough. 
Yeah. With a show with the word sex in the in the title. Yeah. And my press release it explicitly says what's going to happen. And you're holding a dildo. I'm holding a dildo. And that audience, though, it was a good size audience. Everyone was super weird. No one was into it. And I was like, what did you think you were getting into the show about sex? Like, and then like, I remember seeing that review and I was like, oh, do I even show my other performers? Like, I don't want to fuck with their heads. Like, but then I ended up showing them being like, look, this is really dumb. And honestly, it's kind of really funny. And now we can use that. Um, But it was like, it does like fuck with you. But it also like, once you get a step away, like when you're there, those reviews, you feel like they mean everything. And then once you get like a step away, you're like, that means fucking nothing. Who are these losers? Who are these losers? Like, like I got a really bad chortle review. And chortle was like their little comedy, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, you got to get a review, which I paid for. I like bought an advertising thing. So I paid for this guy to see it. He saw literally I think my third day of preview the worst day like I was fucking with the lighting there was five people there one of them was a comic two of them didn't speak English and him like and and what it was just like it was like I would have given myself a star he gave me two stars but like I just you know you you go and you kind of go oh that sucks but then you separate and you're like who the fuck is Steve from like nobody this guy means nothing to me like he means absolutely nothing to like it doesn't matter but like Mm. when, when it's happening and all the posters are getting all these reviews put up you know, because because you know when you're there, as the reviews come in, all people's posters start getting the stars put up. You just start to feel like mm-hmm. something, some mm-hmm. some kind of way, and then you just kind of realize you're like, this fucking mm-hmm. like none of this matters. And so yeah, it was definitely like it be kind of becomes more funny to be to like, especially because sometimes yeah, the reviews get to be a little like, uh, well, she was. Like, I think one of my, his criticisms was that I made jokes about something and I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he thought that the joke was a little too like, he, he, and I was just like, what, what do you, what do you say? And then, so he said the jokes, I was making jokes about things, but then also it felt more like I was teaching something. So I was like, which one would you like? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed, what am I supposed to do here? Because I remember that show specifically because they were so not laughing because it was one critic, one comic, and two people that didn't speak English. I did just kind of be like, okay, well, I am going to just go into teach mode and tell you exactly about the process. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like that, and he also didn't like that I was making jokes about it. So I was like, what would you have liked the show to be, sir? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you like a show of infertility to be presented? Please yeah. tell me. <laughs> it's like it's not if you want to if you want in a certain way, man, do your own show about infertility. But like, this is my story it's so weird and that's what's hard too it's like like you said like these are of some very like traumatic experiences for a lot of people that they're reliving daily and then to have someone for a month yeah debase it just because it doesn't look exactly how they expected it to look like i you just you can't do that you can't you gotta if you're gonna be a reviewer you have to be open-minded but what's so weird about the reviews you can be anyone and just get a reviewer like pass or like whatever you want to call it Yes. And and that's what's also like really scary. Is you don't know who you're getting too. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah. speaking of in vitro though, like I honestly actually don't know much about it. I only know yeah. literally from Sex in the City when Charlotte has a really hard time and can't get pregnant with it. Like that's all. I was just yeah. thinking about that the other day because I'm rewatching Sex and City right now. Um, yeah. And I was like, shit, I know nothing. And well, we don't. The the thing is that we're not taught anything about our fertility. And they're trying to take even more of that away. And it's like, it's like, what do you learn in, in school? We learn that we have a period and we learn like, hey, this is a pad. And you learn about like a condom and a wet dream. Like nobody, like there is no follow-up 
when you're older to be like, hey, by the way, this is the situation with your eggs. Uh, this is actually the times like if you are tr like trying not to get pregnant or trying to get pregnant, this is what you need to look out for in your body. You should also get things checked out because so many times you don't know if there's anything going up there until somebody is literally trying to find something wrong because you've been trying to get pregnant for two months and you can't. And they're like, oh, well, you're fucking riddled with fibroids or or um, like, you, you know, you have a, a, like a septum or something like there's all these things yeah. inside of our bodies that we're just we're not told to pay attention to. We're not told. And you have to you have to ask for them because nobody's going to do these tests for you. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to look at a 26 year old woman and, and be like, have you ever thought about do you, like, do you know if you want kids? Um, and um, should you think about freezing? Years? Nobody's looked at a 35 year old woman and been like, do you want kids? Because if you do, you have to start thinking about some stuff now because after 35, your eggs do kind of, there is a bit of a, a drop off for most women, you know, mm -hmm. in quality and in numbers. So it's like, nobody, nobody says that you have to go in and say, can you test some of my levels? Can you look at things when it just, it really, like, we really should know about this stuff. I mean, it's like, sometimes you think about, it's like half these arguments going on and it's like, well, fuck, if we knew anything about how our cycles actually worked, like maybe there wouldn't be as much abortion as you think happens, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. That's like, a really good a, point. If a woman knew when she was fucking, I mean, not, not obviously not, not trying to take a, like away from people that are, um, get pregnant against their will and all these things and mm -hmm. you know but it's like and and obviously the times when it's medically necessary because because that's another thing too it's like it's like there's so much what there's so much in the quality of your eggs that cause an embryo to not be viable which causes miscarriage which causes these uh you know these situations where you need to abort it because the baby won't live past the womb it won't live in the womb and then it doesn't evacuate itself like there's just there's so many things that we are just forced we we're forced to deal with as they come so it's like we we are forced to be reactive instead of proactive and actually learn anything about our bodies they just don't fucking tell they just don't they don't they let us they let us just go into things blindly uneducated and it's just it's like I don't know. It's just, it's, it's pretty infuriating. And then you get to be a certain age where like, I want to have kids. And you think that you've been preventing this your whole life of like, you know, and then you made the decision to have them and, and then you get there and, and like, everything's wrong. And you're like, Oh man, I didn't foresee this happening. Yeah. Like, I thought the first time my husband shot a load in me, I was like, we're ready. We're doing it. And for some people, that's what happens. Like I, but I literally went to bed thinking I'm a mom. And five years later mm. is what I, you know, it's just, it's, it's um it's crazy but in vitro is a, a a situation where they they take the eggs and they take the sperm independently from each partner and they basically just put there's two ways they either take like a cup a bunch of sperm and kind of put it by the egg and let it or they just take one sperm and they put it in the egg oh wow so we it's called ICSI so we did that to where like they just they they find a good sperm they put it in the egg and then they just kind of watch them to see first the the eggs also have to be mature so it's like you can take the eggs out and you'll probably lose a couple for mature. Like they have to be right at the right, like ripeness, I guess, you know, you could say. <laughs> and, and then they have to put the sperm in and then that has to actually impregnate. And then it has to last, you know, that first night. And then it has to last to day three, like kind of growing some more cells and kind of doubling. And then it has to last to day five or six. And once you have these day five or six, they call them like blastocysts, uh -huh. then you send them to genetic testing to make sure that all the chromosomes, so that you're not just implanting, again, something with a chromosome 
chromosomal abnormality that is just going to miscarry. So they want, so, and then that, that, and then that, that's a whole debate too. Cause then people are like, you're just discarding all these embryos. It's like, Hey buddy, they weren't going to like, you, you, you would, you would have, it would have died inside of me and, and, or it would have died outside of me. Like it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was, this was, this was never a baby that was going to live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also not something you can see with your eyes. So it's like, why are we giving it these rights? It's just, it's fucking insane to me, but that's a whole different debate, obviously. But um, then when, then you go to genetic testing and you get the ones back that are, uh, that have the right amount of chromosomes that have the best chance of uh, implanting and surviving. Um, but every step of the way, it goes down by like 50%. So you can start with a certain number. And by the time you get to the end, some, it's, sometimes it's it's a very low number. So it's just like a very, it's just a wild process. Yeah. Wild, I, wild. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm already stressed <laughs> hearing about it and like, I didn't live it, you know? Yeah. And but, then like you just are on all these drugs and then they take an, and then when they implant an embryo and then you're like, you have to wait two weeks to find out if you're pregnant and you're just like going nuts. And that's why, like, I literally had an embryo, I implanted it and I was like, I'll just leave the country. And it feels like that's a good way to distract myself. Cause I honestly, I didn't anticipate being pregnant. Like I, 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 I had so, I really, I really kind of was so like not expecting anything because I've been just doing it for so long that I was like, mm-hmm. I even tested early because I was like, it's, it was like a really nice day at the beginning of the month. And I was like, I just want a beer. And then I was like, ah! like freaked out, but like, it's crazy. It's a crazy process. And it's just, it, it makes you feel like a crazy person. Cause you're just like, am I, aren't I? And it's like the time just goes so slowly when you're waiting to find out, but it's a wild process, what they can do with science, but you know, and it's, it's nice that this is an option for people who want badly to be parents and mm-hmm. just this, their science, their bodies. It's just not, there's no chance, you know? And you really like, you hit, you hit it um, out, out the park. I don't know what that saying is the, when you said like, you think you're preventing it your whole life. Cause you don't want it just yet. Mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. know. Like I was telling Aaron, I was like, my biggest fear is like something's that it's not going to work, that something's, I don't want to say wrong with my body, but that it's not going to do the thing that's supposed to do. And you wonder, you're like, is it something that I did? Like I've been on birth control forever now. I've been on IUD for like, I think mm-hmm. I'll get it taken out probably like June or July. So it'll be about seven years. And it's like, well, what did that do? What did that fuck up? Cause I know nothing about my cycle. I have not seen an actual period in five years. Like I'll spot, right. but I have mm-hmm. not had like, I needed to use a tampon. I needed to use like a pad, like uh, and it comes like honestly sporadically. Like I never know what's going on. Though I know, like you said, like there are certain times when you definitely won't get pregnant, and this is like the better time when you will. Like there's, all there's these only like three days during the month. There's only like a yeah. three to five day window when you can actually get pregnant, and it, and it also varies. And also, like another thing that is is something that they don't say is that it's really fifty fifty. Like don't assume it's something wrong with you. Like because fifty percent there's there's. And it's so much easier for a man to get his sperm tested than mm-hmm. it is for us to go through all this stuff. But like infertility is 50, 50. And it's just that the women have to go through the process because mm-hmm. we're the ones that have to go, like, because we're the vessel, essentially, it's just, it's so much that even, even if it's just the sperm, you still would have to get your, like this, if the sperm is never going to make it to the eggs, it, you still have to go through a process, even if nothing is, is happening with you, you know, like, so it's still 
uh, a very intensive, very invasive process for women, even if it's even if it's a man. And 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 I always suggest people, and it's so funny because I, I like you know I suggested to a friend of mine to just she's like, well, we think maybe like in a year. And I was like, you know what? You never know. Just start trying. And of course, they got pregnant the first time that they did it. Um, but or like right when she took out her or stopped birth control or something like that. So I I from what I and I don't know I don't know much about it because I literally haven't been on birth control since I'm 21. Um, I just like, I stopped, I was like on antidepressants, ADD medicine and birth control. And I was like, I have no control over my emotions. So I just cut everything. Yeah, I, one I, of just, them out. I, cut, I cut it all off. I was like, I need to cold turkey, all the shit. And I was in college. Um, so, uh, but I, but I, I don't think, I think there's a lot of people that get pregnant pretty soon after taking it out. And I, and I know there's, it's, it takes a while too, but these are all questions to like start to, talking about with, mm-hmm. with, you know, to start talking about with your provide with like your gynecologist and all that stuff. And also I always suggest to people, I'm like, just po- just like, like I said, for men, it's so easy to get their sperm tested. Mm-hmm. Like they just go in, they jack off in a room and a guy looks at it under a microscope. Like it's so much less invasive to just kind of like, no. Um, and also like, yeah. And next time also just get like, get a blood test done and check some of your levels and, and have mm-hmm. them just kind of look and see what, your eggs are doing up there, you know, like mm-hmm. or just kind of just, just, just like, I, is it just so it's like, you know, what's going on. Like, I know it's, and I know it's scary. Like I know mm-hmm. for some people it is scary because you don't want the wand to get up there and them to be like, Oh, you have low ovarian reserve already, which is like when you don't have a ton of eggs. And sometimes that can happen for people like before the age markers that it's like supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So I always just tell people just for your own fucking sanity. And like, if you even think you want kids just to get some, just, just ask for some tests, just ask for some poking around just so mm-hmm. that just for your own peace, just so you know, you know, like if it's something that you think of, like, even if you don't want it for a year, just know, just to, just to see if and just to, just to know if like, Hey man, in a year we should be okay to like, just try. Or if like somebody's like, I actually need to maybe put you on some kind of hormone supplement today for a year, you know, like you just never know. Um, but I just think it's better to kind of be informed because we're so, like you said, it's like, we're so in the dark and they're just barely starting to talk about mm-hmm. infertility, like in the mainstream right now. Well, it's really interesting. You say that too. Like I, um, I've been pretty open with my gyno. I do use a walk-in gyno, which I love. They've been amazing. And they're also an eight-minute walk from my place. So I'm like, yeah, Perfect. I'm always going here. And I've been talking to them about it because so I have HPV um, 18. So I have to go every six months just to, because yeah. I always uh, pop positive on my pap smears and they just want to like confirm. Um, yeah. So I was like talking to them probably like a month or two ago. And I was like, because I had to do a cold pop again. And I was just like, hey, like, do you know, quick question what happens if this test, this goes positive and you know, it's cancer. And like, what do I do? Like in the timeline of like having, wanting to have a baby. And she was mm-hmm. like, actually, so she let's, sorry, this is gonna be two different stories. She was like, actually just so people know, like, so if you test positive on your pap smear, the next thing is a cold pop test positive on the cold pop. The next thing is a called a leap. Uh, and it's still not that it's cancer. It's just that there's abnormal cells and the leap yes. was like, you just, we just go in and scrape them out. And she literally was like, look, worst case, she was like, if, you know, if we scrape out and then those come positive, then you not might need to take like a scrape is like, the it's, it's like, like thinking about things being scraped out of your, is like, so I hate the word scrape, but they use it for so many things. Yes. So 
<laughs> she you was like scraped when you're going through this process too because they have to like test certain things and you're just like please don't say scrape please say like remove or something else but stop saying fucking scrape when you're talking about my insides thank you so much especially when like <laughs> you're in the stirrups like my my gyno she likes to give me play by play she's like okay i'm spraying this to do this i'm scraping here on like <laughs> two o'clock or four o'clock and i was like yeah you're in me now i feel it like now i feel the scraping like please stop yeah but but she was like yeah so she was like if, if it's cancer she's like we kind of can see it like it's pretty like this is like we're just checking interesting it's like, mm-hmm. she's like this is like we're just stopping that from growing into cancer and then she was like look if you you know tested positive on this cold cold pop and then you disappear on us um and you like need a leap but you get pregnant and you go have your baby and say you give birth vaginally she was like when your baby comes out the head is gonna scrape off all the abnormal cells so you'll be fine and i was like i'm sorry what <laughs> what and she's like yeah your baby's like head is just gonna it's gonna take it all down with it and I was like that's so wild this is so crazy but then so I was like so wild and she was like you're gonna probably be fine like don't worry blah 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 and uh and it was like my cobalt came negative again and I have to do one more before like we start really really trying Mm -hmm. and um but I was like hey so like what should I be doing right now like this is something you know we're a few months out like what should I be doing and she was like honestly just take out your birth control around like June or July like take out your IUD and I was like nothing else and she was like no and I was like nothing else there's nothing else that I need to be doing right now like no tests nothing she was like no so finally I was like can you just can you just like go since we're like down here can you just mm-hmm. like check fully under the hood and go check out my ovaries and she was like sure why not so they go in they do a vaginal uh like they do the wand and then they do like the um ultrasound one on my on my stomach and they were just like mm-hmm. vaginal looked fine but she was like we could not see your ovaries with the this like the ultrasound because um you have too much gas like we can't <laughs> we just can't see it and she was like do you know that you're gassy and I was like yeah I have IBS and she was like well you really need to get that like under control wait like, what she said they couldn't see your ovaries because of gas mm-hmm. there was Holy gas like on top shit. of my ovaries that's Great. hilarious I mean like I since I've never heard of that and that is fantastic <laughs> me neither I mean she was like worried so what happened so the you know the the person does like the ultrasound technician does the ultrasound and as she was leaving she was like I hope you feel better and I was like oh my god <laughs> what like, did she see is, yeah yeah because you they never say anything they're always like the doctor will go over the results with you uh-huh, so uh-huh. that was the first time I've ever done any type of like because so, I've had to do like like I had a breast cancer scare so I've had like a lot of like sonograms oh, recently yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they never say shit so when she was like no. I hope you feel better I was like fucking a. what is happening and then when the doctor came and she was like you you have a lot of gas like you have a lot and I was like what is what does that mean and then she, like then she was like I was like what, yeah. what should I do like I I have a gastro like we're working on it and she was like I don't know probiotics and I was like oh my god like you cannot come in here an, and say that and just to say it's like so infuriating though mm-hmm. that like you know that she's like sure. it's like it's like why do we have to this is and this is why it makes me so crazy and this is also why people need to like ask for these things and just be like I don't care like because they make you try for six months before all this stuff and it's like well just try first and it's like how about you just fucking do your job and look at my shit yeah like how about i'm asking you for something and you just do it because my insurance is paying or i'm paying you out of pocket to do it but like that's kind of like it's kind of like 
like I'm and I'm all for like a doctor who doesn't cause panic but like truly and honestly someone to just kind of be like I mean whatever like don't do it it's like it's like help me out because if you don't help me out I'm gonna go on the internet and the internet is gonna scare the shit out of me and the internet's gonna tell Mm -hmm. me 85 different things it's literally the internet will give you will say just do this and then the other side will be like don't ever do that and it's like it's it's like please just be a doctor and and hear me saying like I'm gonna try to get pregnant soon like just any words of like just just help me with something yeah because because there are like you know and and maybe it's because sometimes I think doctors want things to be like this scientifically tested and all this shit and it's like mm-hmm. hey man, but you also you also know that if like I did take this vitamin right now it might help or if I started on a prenatal or if I started you know like 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 tell just say something to me to like you know don't just be like just take it out and start trying it's like just let me mm-hmm. know if I have eggs let me know if if there's do I have a blood like do you see a septum up there do you see it, like is there is is there just one uterus make sure that there's just one you know like all this stuff like some people have two there's some people have some people have two uterus so it's just it's like just just look just because if you have a fibroid or polyps or anything especially i think with well first i just i actually just heard somewhere that they were like most women have polyps or like have at least some kind of polyp Mm. or fibroid that like and a lot of times they could be like on a part where it wouldn't affect getting pregnant, but sometimes they are like, like I had a fiber that was like inside. So if I were to get pregnant where the baby would grow, it would like kind of poke right into that. So oh, and, and this, yeah. And then I also had a septum, which means that your uterus at the top is kind of like, has like some, some kind of like a, uh, like stuff. And it kind of makes it so that the uterus is like split at the top and you want it to not, you want it to be together. And so like the, it, it, it was like kind of like, um, I forget what it is. Cause it, so much of this stuff I've also like, there's so much that happens that you, some of it you kind of forget, but my doctor ended up taking it out and there was more than he thought. And whatever it was, was like, um, the stuff that would like, would like, uh, make it a hostile environment for transfer because like you can have you can have this like bacteria or like endometritis or like these things that would essentially not attack but like reject mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. reject an embryo like because it's trying because it's like a weird bacteria or something like that so it's like he took that out but like my other doctor I'd done a whole transfer and I'd done two egg retrievals he didn't even see it like he didn't even see the septum and, it, and it's also it's like it's one of those things where it, it's, it's a very low chance but it can cause miscarriage and all this stuff. But also whatever was the, the material was, was like something that wouldn't, would, does not like uh, mm-hmm. embryos, you know? So it's like, it's just, there's just, there's so much little shit. There's so much little shit that it's like, man, just, just give me a full tune up. Check yes. my shit out, you know? Cause it's, it's just, like I said, it's just, it's just being empowered and knowing because they just don't tell us anything about our bodies. Yeah. And like, so they tell us I... nothing. I I hate that like I hate that I have to go every six months to check because it something yeah. could be wrong. But I also kind of yeah. like it because like I can be like, here's all my questions. Like I think it's crazy that Definitely. they say pap smears are like every two three years for women. It's like no, this should be like at least at minimum a, every year we go. Like yeah. I find it so weird. They're very very flippant about like our our vaginal or our like our health down there. Um, because yeah, like I don't even know. 
like I wouldn't even know to be like, hey, can you check my eggs real quick? Like I wouldn't even have thought of like, hey, can you do a quick blood test? Um, yeah. I don't and like and sometimes it has to be at certain again, certain times of your cycle when they can see like, but just mm-hmm. like just being like, I'd like to just get my like ovarian reserve checked out. Like just mm-hmm. let me like I wanna just see if there's things in there because like I know a lot of people who are young and they go and their doctors are like, You have an egg. You've got one, like we got to start figuring shit out. Yeah. So it's like, you just got to go like, see, just speak. when is the best time during my cycle to check out like my, my ovarian reserve or to check my, my AMH levels and my hormone levels and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. they say some, some, some people say like they're the hormone levels are don't play. They're not like the end all be all, but I do think that there's part of it that like you want to check and make sure your hormones are kind of functioning at the basic level that would support pregnancy you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but again it's just and, and none of it and, and it all sounds like intense but like it's really easy shit for just mm-hmm. peace of mind for women mm-hmm. yeah a, take a take take a vial of my blood and just check it out stick a wand in me before i ovulate and just check it out like mm-hmm. just let me know what's going on so that i'm not so that you know if there is something we can start to do this before before you're like me and you're ninety thousand dollars into a fucking process because you had no idea you know yeah it's yeah. really weird and I know like uh, so many people talk about this too but like I, it is just the way women are, are treated in um the healthcare professional profession or healthcare yeah. you know what I mean um yeah like, even with the breast cancer scare I you know I did like a normal um just like a like a check on myself I was like that's a lump that's a big lump I've never felt that before yeah yeah to my general provider she's like it's nothing and I was like I'm sorry I did what all the things tell me to do and now it's your job to get me like uh like a um a referral but she was like she didn't want to do it at first and then she felt it she was like well where is it like she hadn't even felt me yet and she was like oh okay I see it she was like well you're young it's probably nothing and I was like give me a referral like I become such a bitch in doctor's offices I've yelled at people before um and I was like give me the test that I want um and so finally I get the referral I call the people and they were like oh you're super young like it's probably nothing and I was like cool it's infuriating I I don't care like give me the test how people die because this is how people die. They believe doctors and nothing. Like you read all these things where women have had to go in three or four times to be diagnosed with things that would have mm-hmm. killed them. Mm-hmm. Well, the funny, the not the funny, but what the major shift was. So we go, or I go, I mm-hmm. get, um, I get a mammogram and I get a sonogram. Like those are both already scheduled. Like I don't have to, because usually for people I don't know, usually you just go in for a mammogram. If they see something on the mammogram, then you get the sonogram. But I already have both scheduled. So they're they're in there. They're looking at the the lump. They're like, there's nothing there. Cool. I was like, great. Doctor comes in. She's like, again, lump is nothing, but we found stuff. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, all I can tell you is it's not a cyst. And I was like, what? And she was like, it could be cancer. It could be something else. So it was like, Okay, so now I have to get biopsies on both of my boobs, and so oh, that man. that appointment's way different. Everyone keeps saying "best of luck," like no one says anything except "best of luck." They kept saying "best of luck on your journey," and I was like, "Oh, because they don't know what's about to happen." Right and now, they know that it could be something, and I was just like, the yeah. whole process was disgusting. Like the whole process, and I don't blame anyone. I feel like you know, there's probably a lot of false alarms, but I was like the amount of stress you're in. And if you ever go to like a breast center 
everyone there is so stressed and so exhausted and you can tell so many people are there for bad news have already gotten bad news like people are there to get prepped for surgery and it's like you can't treat people like that like this is your life you know yeah but I just yeah it's the same things happening it's really tough it's really I was just talking to a friend about this uh who's a stay with us right now because you're saying yeah his wife like they like her water was literally breaking and they were like I think you're okay and she's like this can't be pee I'm also a week over over my pregnancy date like you have to you were gonna like send her home because, just because like it wasn't registering as like amniotic fluid or whatever and she was like this cannot be pee and like I'm clearly nine and a half months fucking pregnant and it's just like they're just they like it's it's very crazy I think sometimes they forget just because they go through these motions so often that like mm-hmm. I know that you're a doctor, but like, you're the first doctor I've talked to today, even if, you know, so like Mm -hmm. maybe just treat me like, like somebody that's got some shit going on or something, you know, Yes. it's just, it's, it's, it's so, it's so hard because we're we're like trusting them because we don't know, but then sometimes act like we're idiots, but also it's like, Hey man, I've lived in this body for 41 years. Like I can kind of tell when something's a little off, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but it's, it's such a tricky, tricky thing to advocate. I'm really glad that you're you're yelling at people because I, especially in New York, literally I had, I had a a giant lump. I had a a lump on my neck that there was like a tiny carcinoma in it. Uh, But it was like, it was, um, and I had had it biopsied a bunch and all this stuff. And it always came back negative, negative, negative. And literally a nurse was like, some people are just lumpy. And I'm like, that's not what you said. I don't want to. Thanks. Thanks so much. I can't breathe. It's on my trachea. I can't breathe. I have this giant lump on my neck. And she was like, yeah, I'm just lumpy. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, especially in New York, I feel like they're so, they're so like, so my sister is a nurse. And so she was working on Long Island for a bit. And she was living here. She's in San Diego now. And she was like horrified when she got here. Cause she's like, they break so many HIPAA laws. She's like the <gasps> first day. She's like the first day I was in there. She was a, in an ER nurse from Long Island. She goes, there's just a nurse screaming, like, anyone has seen a Chinese guy on a stretcher? I'm looking for a Chinese guy on a stretcher. She's like, you can't just scream that. Or, like, the nurses will be, like, at the nurse station, like, gossiping, like, in front of people. She's, like, talking. But she's just, like, it's just so different here. Like, she's, like, there's just, they're, like, <laughs> like the healthcare system in New York is just different. Oh, like, my God. That- just wild. Like, the way that they just kind of are, like, hey, this is how it is, whatever. It it's, kind of makes me feel better wild. because you do have crazy experiences. Yes. Oh my God. I have a lump on my neck too. And finally I'm getting it. I finally got a referral for it. And uh, they're like, yeah, she like felt it. And she was like, it's probably benign. And I was like, really cool. I understand that, but probably yeah, is not like the answer yeah. I want. Yeah. But um, yeah, like yeah, I have tested. Yes. I, there's like so many, and I was even just talking to the, the, nurse yesterday she's like I don't know what it is but she's like I recently so many women have thyroid cancer like and it's an easy one luckily mm-hmm. for most for the most part but like I don't know what it, I don't know if it's like our phones I, I have a theory that I think when we were young they didn't cover us up at the dentist when they did x-rays <laughs> but like it's there's something there's something happening with thyroids right now so definitely oh, shit. you okay. got a lump in your neck yeah yeah but not but again like it's there it seems to be a pretty easy luckily like an easier easy-ish one to remove okay okay yeah that's (laughs) but like definitely don't let her be like it's fine because my lump grew to be like uh, it was like cutting my trachea I was like when I lay down I was like I can't breathe I think it's time to take this thing out so like yeah like a scar and 
Yeah. It's oh just God. like, but you just, so there's something going on with necks. That's Get your crazy. neck checked. Get your neck checked. Yeah. She thinks it's a lymph node. And I think, and she was like, it'll oh, probably go yeah, down. Yeah. And but it, sometimes like, the swollen lymph nodes could be something else too. Yeah. So it's like, and it's been there for a long time too. And it goes like, it's a little bit smaller. It gets a little bit bigger. I'm not too yeah. nervous, but I'm kind of just right now no. in the process of like, let me get everything checked Check before we start out. bringing a baby into this. Like try Check to get everything out. Yes. My, my body where it needs to be. Um, yeah, but it is wild. It, it is D- like if you, I know that health insurance is like such a fucking tricky thing but like if you're lucky enough to have it get i i'm fully one of those people that's like when i have insurance i will be at the doctors for everything and mm-hmm. i get it I, like and, and after saying like sometimes it's hard to trust them and all this stuff but like i'm fully like is that something let me check it out do i have a, a freckle on my back that looks like it's not a circle let me check it out like every like yeah it's <laughs> i'm fully like when i have insurance i'm like get the shit done you know because you don't because I you just you just don't know and I think I went in and out of insurance when I had the lump so it wasn't until like I had it for like four years and I finally some guy was like we have to take that out of you I'm like yeah no no I yes, get it please. I why I, I would like it out because we had drained it we had tested it and it just kept getting bigger and, and it was just like I was like man you know but there's there's so lumps in your neck definitely not not scary like it was fine it was totally like not scary but like I was just it just kept getting bigger and I was like I feel like this is not normal some Mm -hmm. people are just some people are just lumpy I was like okay well do their lumps usually grow exponentially within a year (laughs) I was like please get it off my fucking neck it's like crazy it's just New York I guess is so straightforward like I work I work remote and so I have a lot of people I'm like the only person that like lives in New York City and so uh I know I'm always like, oh, they think I'm bitchy because I'm just like, no, I'm just straightforward. Like, I'm just letting you know what's up, though. You're used to dealing with other New Yorkers. And we're used to dealing with other New Yorkers like that, too. Like, I was like, ah, now it makes sense. We're just we're just going to tell like it is. Some people are just lumpy, though. That's not the full answer. <laughs> yeah. Some people are so lumpy, <laughs> but let's make sure this lump is just a normal lump and not something mm-hmm. that we should be really worried about. Yeah. But, oh, man, it's a it's a fun it's a fun journey. It's a not at all fun. It's a funny getting journey. older. Yeah, getting mm-hmm. older, finding lumps and bumps, finding good doctors. Because finding good doctors too is actually pretty like it's half the battle of like oh, getting yeah. these things checked out by somebody who you can kind of decipher as a person underneath it all. <laughs> yes. And that's actually also what I'm worried about for OB my OBGYN. I was like, well, how do I I have a great one. Okay. Okay. And um, they work with like a lot of different insurances to kind of basically she's like, we submit. We see what they cover and we generally like we take what they cover. So like in okay. your first two visits, it looks like it's going to be too much. We'll let you know. Mm-hmm. But like, but like they kind of try to work with people with, with, with women. It's like a women's health thing. They do okay. like all kinds of stuff there, but I have, I, but I really like her. She's, I mean, she's scary as all get out. Like when she was like, your baby's coming out on the 10th. I was like, Isn't, doesn't induction hurt? She's like, doesn't childbirth hurt? And I go, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> see, I love <laughs> I love Jeez, female doctors like that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a, a neurologist. I had migraines for six months straight. Couldn't figure it out. Finally got a neurologist. The worst bedside manner I've ever mm. seen in my life. Just awful. Mm. Legit. She was Russian. She was Russian. She was mm-hmm. like, this is like you're, she's like, just crazy. Um, I'd have to be like, you need to stop talking and slow down and then listen to my questions. But she got a solution and I no longer have migraines. So like, I like a scary woman. I like a woman's like, yeah. I know what I'm doing. And we're yeah. going to get through this. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I will Andre definitely hate you up for that. She's great. She's great. The whole practice is great. The other three in the practice are men, but uh, they they also have been kind of very, very gentle, but I like, they've been more gentle than her. She's kind of like, this is what's going on. So I get this, do this. When you start breastfeeding, put cabbage on your nipples. And I was like, great. She's, she's like, she's like half old school, half just like fucking we're getting it done. She's also like, have some wine at this point. Baby's cooked. Like, you know, she's very like, listen, I don't care what you do. She's coming out April 10th. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Speaking of wine, have you been able to have sushi? I've been told sushi's okay. So I didn't at first and I've had it twice now in my like last like month because somebody was like, yeah, all sushi is like flash frozen in New York. And it's good. I mean, it's probably there, there, there are like, I think with all these things you can read and see what is best for you. Like, I think at the beginning, my doctor told me not, not to have sushi. And once she said wine was okay, I'm like, I'm sure sushi's fine too. So, but I'm not like, I'm not like overdoing it. Like I've had it like twice, you know? Yeah, uh, I made sure that it was like good. I wasn't buying it from like the gas station or the supermarket, you know, but um, had sushi, had some deli meat, not from behind the counter, but like a pack that like you open yourself. Mm, um, okay. And like I said, yeah, we went to France when we were uh, for Christmas and she was like, have a glass of wine in France. She's like, I mean, and I had some it. soft cheeses there. Yeah. And, and I, I do think like, also it's like when you go through so much to get pregnant, there is, there's two sides. It's like you either like you're terrified something bad is going to happen or you're kind of like, Hey man, this was the baby that I was, this is the baby that had just been floating around the universe waiting till I got my shit together. Like she's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like halfway through my pregnancy adopted that philosophy. It was like, she was, she's, she's been here. She was waiting and, and I'm not going to be an idiot. I'm not like doing drugs. I'm not getting, I'm not doing like crazy shit, but like if I have a piece of sushi, I think she's okay. Like she's, mm -hmm. you know, she were, we're okay. Like I, I tried not to be scary because a lot of it is just, just a scare tactic and it's made to make the woman feel miserable. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to feel miserable. This is a beautiful time. I mm -hmm. want to be happy and I want to like, I want, I don't want to be like nervous for everything. I want to, I want to, I want to go into this feeling confident and calm and comfortable mm -hmm. and like I said, there's always like a little bit of a fear because it took so long, but, but I don't want to act upon that fear and then have that be the way that I mother based on a fear. Like I want to be, I want to be confident and I want to be empowered. And I also want to be like, Hey man, lumps and bumps and scrapes and these things are going to happen. And, you know, and you can't, I'm not going to do everything perfect. Even if I tried to do everything by the book. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I can't be miserable. I want to, I need to be a person and not be miserable. So I've just been kind of adopting that, you know? No, I love that. That's super healthy. And that's really how I hope it happens for me too. I had a yeah. few friends, like, um, I got really scared last, not scared. I got freaked out. I have a few friends that had some pretty rough pregnancies it and is, I was yeah. like, Ooh, yeah. I'm not sure. But like, yeah. And also talking to other people are just like, you know, sometimes it just is what it is and you just go through it. Um, and everyone's different. And like, mm -hmm. you can't look, there's no way you can look up what your pregnancy is going to look like mm -hmm. or what is going to affect you or how at like every it's, they're all different. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, that's why it's just, that's also why I try not to get like too fucking crazy. Cause I'm like, nobody's going through what I'm going through because this is my pregnancy. 
and my baby who's doing whatever the fuck she's doing in there moving shaking mm-hmm. <laughs> swimming and doing all this shit <laughs> man giving me giving me heartburn um but like yeah they're not the same there's the just they can't be it's different people different babies different everything yeah that's a really yeah. really good point it's super true i yeah. I love this read since I got to see the beginning and now I'm getting to see the end and honestly like <laughs> you had such a great attitude about all of it that I just I think it bodes really well and I think you're gonna have you're gonna be an amazing mom thank you watch you talk to me after she comes out and I'm like ah like I'm a freak I'm <laughs> I'm trying to set myself up for success this is what I'm trying to do by by trying to set these not expectations but trying to just be like I just keep visioning that like things are going to be okay. You know, like I know, like I'm not an idiot. Like I know it's going to be hard, but like all these fucking people are going to be like, yeah, get ready to never sleep. Get ready to be knee deep in shit. It's like, Hey, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. But like, let me, let me, enjoy, this took me five years. Like, let me just enjoy it. Like, let me just process and be, do this on my own without like all these negative things. Like, you know, like I'm just mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, cause I'm envisioning and I'm, visualizing that we're gonna be okay because you have to be you figure it out because you have to keep something alive you go Mm -hmm. you go you figure it the fuck out you know so I'm like just let me let me go through it on my own let me let me figure out how I am gonna manage all this on my own you know so that's what I'm just like focusing on is being like as open to whatever happens I hope to breastfeed if I can't I'm not gonna fucking force it I need to feed the baby I want to have a vaginal delivery, but if they, they get in there and they're like, we have to cut her out, go do whatever you need to do. Like do mm-hmm. whatever you need to do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm here for the ride. I'm not, I have no expectations. I'm just going to, she'll come out. She's going to be who she is. And I'll deal, and I'll deal with her then. <laughs> I fucking love this. Oh yeah, my God. I can't wait to meet her though. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I'm like tearing up. I'm so excited for you. This is so great. <laughs> I'm April excited baby. for you trying. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, exciting. It's an exciting time when it all is like, when you start thinking about that part of life, you know? Yeah. It's really, um, what I've told people is for the longest time, like I just, you know, I never, I was always like career comes first. And cause I, and I would, I was very hesitant cause I had been a nanny and like really yeah, in you it work for so kids, yeah. long and you just see what right. it's like, how everything changes a lot. And then like you, you know, find your partner and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this could, this could work. And I remember when we got married, I was like, because I was like, I'm definitely couldn't have like, I'm, I can definitely have a kid with you, but I'm very, very scared. And these are what my fears are. And then when we got married, I was like, I'm not scared anymore. Like I'm not. And it's really cool to watch the um, process of going through it. So I just always tell people go through the process. Like if you want that, if that's like the path you Mm want to take, you will get there. If that's what you truly want and you uh, will be very accepting of it. If you aren't, then maybe you shouldn't. Like if you don't want to do this and like, maybe you shouldn't do this and maybe it's not the right partnership or like relationship, but go from there. But it's like, yeah, there's, I'm very neurotic. And to see the the peace of mind come with it, that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, this is, this is something that I do want. And yeah, yeah fingers crossed. Good. Fingers I know. crossed. I'm hoping, um, I want to have like one last summer. So I'm like, I don't want to get pregnant right away. Give me like a month. Uh, Girl, but I, did, I, I had like, I got blackout and did ecstasy a month before my transfer. Like I was like, I'm having yeah. my last night. I went to Fire Island and I fucking partied. And then I didn't drink for a month and did my transfer. Cause I was like, 
Love let mama it. have one. Let me have one more night. Let me one have more one night. more. Let me. So I get it. Go have your go. Go do your stuff. Like I. I mean, I. I did that for yes. Go do your thing. You know, make the decision, and then when it's time, they'll be like, "All right, we can clean it up." And even sometimes in between there, you might still have a night where you're like, "Fuck it," you know, like because mm-hmm. it's a weird. But but like, yes, <laughs> it was fully, it was fully on Fire Island. Like, ah! and then a month <laughs> later, was like, "I'm gonna be a mom," you know. So, yeah, we can be we can be both things. It's okay, <laughs> and that's what I love about New York City too. Is like, there really is like you're you're all the things. And I will say this, and you probably have already been told this too, um, that actress that we were talking about like postpartum depression. And she was like, yeah, she's like a lot of my friends were having postpartum, but they'd all moved to Connecticut. And I was still in New York. They were all like really alone. And she was like, anytime I was starting to feel really shitty, she was like, I would just take my baby and go to the playground. And because yeah, you're man. just surrounded by people and it New just York, changes everything. York, Central Park, there's museums. Like this is a town that is really builds an independence, I think. And I'm excited for that. Yes. Like I am so excited to like be on my day off and like go get a beer with my baby. Do you know what I mean? Like I, cause there's just so many places you can just like sit outside with your stroller just and have a strap baby. that thing to you and walk around. Like, I can't wait. I hope she likes the carrier. Cause I imagine carrying her everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like my niece right now doesn't, it's five months and she hates the carrier. And I'm like, I just, I hope she likes the carrier. Cause I just feel like I want to carry her. I'll just cruise the city. Yeah. Oh, yay. Get a beer. <laughs> get a beer. Get um, a White Claw. We'll get crazy. Mommy, have some malt <laughs> liquor. We'll go home. We'll take a nap together. <laughs> a little ecstasy. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the episode, I do always ask people, um, is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Girl, at your show the other day, I didn't even remember I had a scarf on. Like, I don't know what's going on in my brain. <laughs> like, I don't know. What I what's happening? So I really truly halfway through my set, I remember that I put on that little thing and was like, okay. So no, I don't know what happened. What did we? Did we died. My brain is so far gone right now. We had. <laughs> so a, I think we're good. We had a great talk. This was great. We had a great time. <laughs> Thank you so so much for coming of on. Course, I can't wait to see you again and 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 meet the baby one day. I know, and of course, you know, if you have any questions when you start trying, like. I'm, oh, I love yeah. talking, or if anybody does, I love. I'm so open with this. I love talking about it. Oh yes, I will definitely hit you up because I have mm-hmm. so many questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, do it. Yeah, do it. Like ask questions or have a baby. Both. <laughs> both. <laughs> do it both. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Please uh, go follow Casey again at CaseFaceB. So K-A-S-E-F-A-C-E-B on all the socials. She's fucking hilarious. She's fucking insightful. I am so honored to have gotten to meet her and like through Fringe and just get to see this journey as well. And I remember to rate, like, subscribe, review, share. Um on all the socials follow us at awkward sex in the city um and also i always forget this uh we will be in nashville we'll be in nashville on april 27th i almost said august april 27th at third coast comedy um we're super excited i have very good um feel very good energy for the show and then that's kind of the end for this tour we're going to take a break in may and we'll be back in june uh starting up again touring so come see us perform it's always a blast it's always a good time um and yeah come see my baby come see what was at fringe every day because the people i tour with were at fringe as well with me so it's a blast you'll have a great fucking time and i will talk to y'all in two weeks